Welcome to Pharma Launch Secrets, a podcast by Evermed. We host direct, actionable conversations with world-leading pharma launch experts that will help you launch your next product or indication successfully. Now, here's your host, Bozidar Jovicevic. Welcome to a new episode of the Pharma Launch Secrets Podcast. Today, I am joined by Mark Makush. Mark has over 20 years of marketing experience with extensive depth in digital and healthcare. He previously worked at Click for uh, nine years, which is the largest uh, independent commercialization partner for, for life sciences, and having eventually become the VP of strategy there. And last year, he became the SVP of strategy at Havas Health, CX, a group of customer-obsessed creators, strategists, and CX specialists committed to making the world of healthcare a better place. Mark, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. All right. I have a lot of questions for you, so uh, (laughs) let's dive in. A lot of them will be related to uh, CX and customer experience. But before we, we go into that, I have one question that I actually wanted to ask several guests before, but I haven't. The question that I sometimes ask, which is pharma companies with all the resources they have, right? And all the people in commercial, especially commercial sales and marketing, why do they rely heavily on agencies, creative and media agencies, and have some of them try to build that capability in-house? I think some are potentially trying to take some of that in-house, but I think I think it's hard. I think, you know, when you think about core competencies of pharma companies, it's very much in I mean, there's there's so many things to to have to deal with. From I mean, they're they're essentially you know science and, and research based companies that are adding on a commercialization element. There's everything from you know, there's so many regulatory things to to take into account. There's sales, there's production, there's distribution. All of these things factor into marketing, and so I think it's it's hard to for that for a commercialization group to really hone in on the voice of the customer. And I think that's what agencies. And agency partners really do is they are like the specialists in very quickly understanding who the customer is, what their needs are, and then how to address them, how to engage that customer in a way that will ultimately change behavior. Because you know, whenever we have, especially when it comes to new launches, we're trying to change behavior, right? The old, we're trying to, to say there's a new way of doing this, there's a new way of treating this, this condition. And so we need to really have a clear sense of who, this, who, our, who our customers are, what's motivating them to continue operating the way they are and what will change their behavior in a way that, uh, that benefits both them and, uh, and the, the, the pharma company. No, thanks for that. And um, it's interesting, the whole notion of you know, core capability also, it's uh, sometimes I give an example of, because uh, we are a software company and they say, well, why wouldn't pharma build the software? I say, well, Michael Jordan, you know, played basketball really well. It was core capability. He loved fa- you know, baseball as a kid, but when he switched to professional baseball, it didn't go that well. So he switched back to basketball afterwards, like the whole story. So it's like interesting. But yeah, the whole notion of voice of the customer, it's interesting because you would expect marketing, for example, person in pharma to actually spend a lot of time with the customer. But usually there are so many things to do that at the end of the day, you are kind of disconnected from the customer and you need help. You can be, you can be. Yeah, I think good marketers do make a really good effort, and and you know there's a lot of research that goes into you know testing and whether it's concept testing or message testing and things like that. So there is there is a lot of work done. 
I, I think with agencies is that we kind of live and breathe it. Like that is the we should we we are very much in that space. We are thinking about it nonstop. And to have a group that can really specialize and focus to that degree, I think is and you know, for, for agencies, the ones who can parlay that and change and, and create value out of that understanding and that focus are the ones that are the most successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% agree. All right, so let's dive a little bit into the world of uh, CX or customer experience. First of all, what is CX? Is that sales? Is that marketing? Are they part of those brand teams? Are they kind of function on their own? What is CX? Yeah, it's any touch point with the customer is an experience. Mm -hmm. So it is sales, it is marketing, it is any touch point. And I think, you know, more and more we're seeing companies recognize that, that it's, you know, you used to have this idea of you could, you could bring, you know, a CX team in to add some CX to this marketing program or add some CX here. And it's like, it doesn't work that way, right? Like you need to really think about all of those touch points from the ground up from that perspective, because it's all of those touch points working together that creates customer experience. And good CX, when you, when you kind of start to orchestrate it effectively, you're really starting to connect all of those moments. And it's not just, you know, it's not just one-offs, right? And that's where we've come from. We've come from multi-channel uh, marketing where, where each of those, you know, each channel is kind of working on its own. Customer experience and omni-channel is really around everything being connected. Got it. And so then if, you know, every uh, touch point is an experience, Right. And I'm right now a brand director and I'm preparing a launch. Right. And so to make this practical. So how do I think about customer experience? Do I need to have someone on my team? Do I need to go out and hire someone? Is it like a function that I call and say, hey, I need your help. I need your expertise, like a center of excellence, because I'm looking at a sales rep channel plus uh, a webinar, plus an email, plus speaker program. So I want to create this in a cohesive experience, map it out, connect it. So how do I even think and who is driving all this? And are we on a kind of a same level making decisions or one function is helping the other? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think I think previously, you know, you, you have a lot of silos in organizations like that where you've got, you know, you've got your speaker program group that is making speaker programs and you've got sales and sales training and you've got your marketing initiatives. And often those are all happening on their own and they're not they're not connected. And I think more and more, you know, custom company, uh, pharma companies are, are looking to, uh, to partner with agencies that really understand CX holistically and can start to connect the dots. They can start c- to connect the sales force with the marketing efforts. They can connect ma- marketing efforts with, uh, with, with speaker programs. And we can make sure that, that we're, we're leveraging that data across all of those different channels and making use of it to, to really, you know, create the best experience possible. And that's really what we're trying to do with, with CX is, is create the best experience possible in that moment for the customer, given the data that we've got to be able to inform that experience. And then as much as we can, create the best experience for them, solve, you know, solve whatever problems they can, that, that we can, that, that they have, address any issues that they've got, um, meet their needs. And then from that, from that, what ends up being value exchange, right? We're providing, we want to provide some value to that customer in that moment. Ultimately, what what will typically happen is we'll get some data back from that customer. So we need to create the right value exchange to get that data back. And then that just becomes kind of a a virtual cycle or sorry, a virtuous cycle where we can keep delivering optimal experiences, collecting more data, feeding that back into our our orchestration to make the next time we engage with that customer more, more, even more meaningful. 
Okay. So, okay. So, what would be just an example, practical example of that? So, let's say, you know, any of these channels, let's say, working together, the ones that I mentioned, rep, speaker programs, email. So, and then you say, well, this part of this experience sucks and we need to improve it. So, when we say something sucks, it's really bad. Like, what would be an example of that and how is that measured? And we say, we come in, CX person comes, improves it. Like, how is that success measured? So any examples without naming clients, of course, but would be useful. For sure, for sure. I think a really good one right now is connecting uh, sales rep with marketing. And so things like having a little bit of extra knowledge about, about the HCP that a rep is going in to see. So for example, you know, reps know a ton, like they're a fantastic component of your CX kind of experiences because they probably know, you know, a lot about that doctor. They probably know some really important things about, you know, their kids' birthdays and, and kind of, you know, things that bug them about their practice. Like they're, they're in there talking to them about, about those kinds of things. And they, or at least they get to know those kinds of things, but they may not know things like, you know, that the doctor is, is investigating some content on the website around safety. Of, of the product that they're talking about. And the doctor maybe may, may, may never kind of mention that, you know, that, that they have a concern about, you know, the safety of a product. But if we knew that HTTP was coming to the product website and spending a lot of time looking at the safety data, it might help the rep actually ask the question, hey, by the way, you know, Dr. Smith, like, do you have concerns about safety? Want to make sure that you've got all your questions answered. Obviously, we don't want to like, you know, we wouldn't want to be creepy and, and say things like, we know you've been searching on our website for, for certain data. But, but that kind of information can help a rep, a rep just make sure that if the customer has any concerns, if they have any issues, um, that they're able to address them. And, and really, it's, it will make for a, a, a better conversation and a, and a better experience because, you know, the doctor might say, yeah, you know, I've been wondering about this one data point. And, you know, do you have any, any other data that you can share about around that? And a rep, you know, a good rep could, you know, refer them to a, a medical liaison officer or, or if there might be another study that they could could supply that could shed light on that topic as well. And this is all around, you know, again, answering the needs of customers and, and doing it in a way that's really meaningful. Yeah. So it's interesting. Someone mentioned that recently to me and said, it's almost like that sales process is happening before the rep steps even into the in the office because the conversation starts before that so then it continues through a different channel and and someone else mentioned to me recently also hotels as as a good example that nowadays a lot of these hotel chains you know you use one channel to book maybe use booking.com but then they recognize through another channel that you are a member of starwood or whatever the chain is and then they give you something extra when you when you check in, but then when you enter the room, and I think we all had these experiences that, you know, there is on the screen saying, Hey, by the way, you have an extra point because you're star, or by the way, there is a happy hour on the rooftop. And by the way, we know you're dairy uh, allergic to dairy. So there are a couple of options we have on the menu. And then you get this from the text, something else. There's like three or four channels that are hitting you, but kind of having your profile or Boji or Mark, and kind of, hey, oh, okay, we actually prepared this set of experiences and we are we just unlock them for you. That's what I've seen and I experienced that. So being on that recipient side, experienced that a few times with hotels and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty amazing, <laughs> right? It's nice, yeah. And then to, to carry that example further with the HCP, so, you know, if they had that conversation, then the rep can potentially follow up with, you know, a, a rep approved email or something like that, connect the HCP to, a, you know, a medical liaison officer. Like there's, 
it just leads to a better relationship for the rep, better knowledge about the, the HCP. And, you know, the rep can think about, oh, this, you know, uh, this upcoming speaker program might be really good for this HCP to go to. So it starts to, again, it's all around, again, connecting the dots as well. And, and then helping, you know, from a, a high level, just how do we create that next touch point with the customer? And how, how do we make that next touch point as meaningful as possible too? But I, I love that example of, of hotels because there's they have tons of data and, you know, they're starting to use it. They're starting to see how those different channels can work together rather than looking at them as silos as well. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have the conversations with your clients or potential clients about customer experience and let's say a part of RFP, so how is pharma current, like 2023, looking at the whole idea of customer experience? And do you get questions such as, well, how does this help us make more sales during launch? Like, is there a study that shows impact of CX on the top line? So how do those conversations go? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think there, so I don't know if I've ever seen a study that says, you know, CX equals this kind of increase in sales and that kind of thing. I think from an implementation standpoint, I think there's some companies and some brands that are farther along than others. We have some clients who are, we we often look at it as like a crawl, walk, run kind of, kind of thing. I think a lot of companies are, are in pharma, pharma brands are in that kind of, uh, they're starting to walk really well. I think there's a lot of, the, of, of, of brands and clients that are in the, the crawl stage. And I think a, maybe a few that are starting to run, they, they see that they want to get there. And there's probably elements of that starting to happen. But it's, it's, I think it's a bit of a continuum. As far as like, you know, in, in terms of impact, I think, you know, one of the things that, that we do know is that to really make sure or really to really optimize the amount of of engagement and the amount of impact that you can have, it's important to be as relevant and as meaningful as possible. And and really what we're trying to, and, and that's the human element, right? That's the human element of, of marketing where, where we're, we're empathetic to what the customer needs. We understand what they need. We understand the problems that they're trying to solve and we're helping them do that. And and we're, we're creating that, that we're actually providing value through marketing as well as through the product, right? And so I think there is an understanding that the, the more we do that, the more of an impact we'll have and the more likely we will be to change behavior. Because um, at the end of the day, Todd Unger, who is the chief experience, uh, experience officer at the AMA, said recently at a, at a presentation that, that um, he gave for one of our clients that the biggest indicator of behavior, of future behavior is previous behavior. So especially when you're thinking about a launch, there's a lot of things that you need to think about and a lot of appreciation that you need to have for how things are currently happening and what current behaviors are and how embedded they are because you're trying to change a lot of people's behavior and it's and and i think gone are the days where it's just about awareness you can put in big awareness campaigns and i think ad agencies are great at doing awareness campaigns and make people aware of things but that's like it's just one step and i think where what's what everyone is really realizing is it's that next level of how do you get people to actually do things take action modify their current behavior in a way that that you want them to in a way that and, and, and in a way that will help them as well but it's that behavior change component that i think is is what everyone is really thirsty for and hungry for and that's what cx can deliver Got and then when it comes to in, within the pharma industry there's almost like there are certain way things are done like you're preparing the launch right and i'm always coming back to the example of someone preparing the launch because of the title of the podcast and 
and there are certain way things are done. So it's almost kind of feels safe, feel, feels familiar. Like, oh, I'll do sales rep, I'll do speaker programs, I'll do visual aid, I'll create the brand HTTP website, and, and this and that. And so where does the customer experience come in as that? Is it that, that kind of a 10 to 20% I'll leave the budget for this innovative stuff while 80% is just the way things are done and doctors expect that, and that's fine standard, like almost like traditional forms of marketing that work, where does it fit into the kind of innovation bucket or it's kind of already embedded into how things are done? Yeah, that's a really good question. In my mind, it, it doesn't it doesn't belong in an innovation bucket. It, there's and it doesn't mean that you don't do what you you do from a tactic perspective necessarily, because you still you know, speaker programs are still very valuable. The detail aid is still really valuable. All of these all of these elements and, and tactics that are in market are still important things. I think what CX provides is the glue that holds them together, that orchestrates them in a way that enables more personalization, that enables more meaning and relevance at each point so that, again, we're collecting better data, we're, we're having more impact, and we're leading to better experiences in the future. And so I think it's it is a little additive. I think that that it's one of those things where if, you know if, if budgets are are static year over year, it's a little bit of maybe do a few less tactics and invest more in the in the pipes and the and the glue that hold them together, so that you can orchestrate things better and have better impact with maybe a few fewer tactics. That would be kind of my thinking in terms of of from a, just a, a pure budgetary standpoint, because I think that the 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 added value to that orchestration layer or level is huge. And I think that's where we're, where we're seeing we've got untapped value in pharma marketing. It sounds to, to, to some extent, as we were talking, that CX is almost like blending with like omnichannel, because omnichannel is a big word like in every industry. Because is, is that, I'm reading that right? It's very tempting to use them kind of interchangeably. And the, you know, CX you know, stands for customer experience. One of the things, and when I think about omnichannel and CX together, I tend to think of what I call, uh, and what we call it at HHCX, we call them connected experiences. And to me, it, it really is where, you know, CX and Omnichannel kind of live together. We, we're trying to connect all of the experiences that we put uh, in, in front of and engage our, our customers with, again, with the goal of, of having an empathetic eye, understanding what their needs are, and really through relevance um, and personalization and all of those kind of good things, we're, we're trying to deliver value and continue that kind of, again, that that virtuous cycle of being able to collect more data, being able to create a better experience next time. And really, it's it's in the name of, of solving problems, in the name of, again, creating good relationships. And it's, you know, this, this notion that it's a little bit, there's got to be something in it for the customer as well, right? There's, you know, often, I think, a pharma has been probably accused of, of being very sales oriented, right? And, and overtly focused on the sell rather than, you know, that kind of potentially that, that more empathetic approach of like, you know, what are the problems that we're trying to solve for the customer and how can we do that? And how can we, you know, personalize things? How can we, how can we engage in a way that, that is meaningful and, and deliver some value? That's, you know, that's been, that idea has been around for, for quite a long time. And I think I think it's one of those things that from a pharma standpoint, they they really are seeing the value of it. And I think one of the challenges, quite frankly, has been a lack. It does cost the money to obviously connect those dots, right? To connect everything and to, to create those integrations, there's effort there. There's specialization required there. So, you know, you need 
good data and analytics people. You need good you know, web design and, and build capabilities. You need to be able to tag things uh, accurately. You need to be able to test things really well. So there's all of these things. You need to have data in a, you know, all, all in, a, in a central repository, potentially in a data lake. All of these skills kind of come together and work together. And so that's the other part of, of, of what we do is, is how do we support clients as they go on that journey to start to, to you know, understand the capabilities that they need from a data standpoint, from a, a technology roadmap standpoint, so that you can, on an ongoing basis, connect all of those, uh, all of those experiences, not just for the launch that you're working on now, but for future launches as well, right? Because it's one of the same, it really becomes a way of working rather than you know, a one-off thing that you do for a specific launch. Yeah, and then it's uh, across, you know, all these examples and, and and connected experiences and omnichannel and customer experience. It, it seems like, and the hotel example I mentioned, it seems like none of that is possible if there is no individual three hundred and sixty personalized customer or prospect profile. So that I would know in, in the hotel example, like they would know that I'm allergic to dairy and that I travel from somewhere else and that I have extra points because they have this profile, have this data in their CDP, a customer data platform. And so can you, can you share a little bit more like the role of data in CX and what are the companies that are more advanced in the CX doing to either get more data or more data sources or what they do with the data that makes it more successful? Yeah, that's a great question too. And there's there's tons of data available, and there's tons of data that through marketing pro, uh, campaigns you create and generate. And really, the skill is to is to be able to use them all together. So you have a customer, you know, a central customer master. Do you are you able to to leverage that information and that data for targeting purposes? You have HTTP sales data. You know, the idea of targeting HTTPs based on prescribing behavior should be something that every brand team is doing um, and leveraging sales data and pu- pushing that through to their media teams and making sure that they've got specific messaging going to specific to HCPs, you know, dependent on where they're at in their, their adoption journey. So it's, it's things like that that are really key. And I think the, the facility and the focus that gets put on data and data management and data interconnectivity is huge. And I think the, the companies that do that, that use these platforms like Telium, that use these platforms like uh, can, that can enable things like dynamic content for, for banners and things like that, you start to be able to connect all of those dots. You know, that's where we can really pull that value through. It's, it really is about understanding what, what, is the, what is the experience that we're trying to create and then what's the technology that's going to enable that and then making sure that the data is available to, to inform those experiences. And so the companies that are really willing to invest there and to, to you know, Ensure that they've got centralized data that they're not, you know, that they that they're 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 sharing it that they're sharing it across their organization that they're able to ingest new data if they get, you know, things like digital affinity data or something like that that they can add to it. So again, it's one of those things that it's at a point where, you know, sometimes you've got the data and it's not connected. Sometimes you've you've got the connectivity, but you you've maybe got too much data and you don't know what to to really focus on. So the problems can be different, and I think it's it's really important that brand teams have a, a, a good handle on what their data strategy is and how their data strategy and CX strategy really align. So that's, that would be the, what I would say about that in terms of how do, we, how do you make sure and how do, you, how do you align those two things? Yeah, and it sounds like those are roles that, you know, part of new brand teams, right? 
CX person and data person. I had someone who was leading a data analytics at Novartis in the U, in the U.S. as a on a call. Let's move to CVS, and we discussed a little bit about that topic, like how much more tightly integrated those folks are nowadays. And it wasn't the case. It wasn't the case. It wasn't the case. It wasn't. And now, I mean, CX is is really it's nothing without data, right? And so that's and that's what that's what creates you know those connect the connection and the connected experiences. So it's essential for sure. Yeah, and I like how you you know the way you know the sequence that you shared, which is you know start with, first with with the outcome and the experience you want to have, then think what technology do I need, then think like what data sources do I do I need. So because because you start with the end goal in mind, which is not technology, <laughs> it's an experience, and then everything else works to create that. And always reminds me of you know iPad or any Apple product example so there's so much technology going on there's so much you know user interface and behavioral science going on but you know you can see a kid and not click click you know and knows how to use it but it, it's quite complex but the end user experience is simple beautiful intuitive friendly and all that and then one other thing i'd like to ask you is especially now that we talked about kind of a little this this is pyramid or this uh, sequence is a lot of people see content is the paramount of data and omnichannel because in, in some industries i mean if you look at you know disney launching a streaming right platform so i've seen you know different views on that but are they going to really make money and profit from 12 dollars per person with all the money that goes into production marketing and all that so i heard like likely no but what they will get is an incredible treasure trove of individual level data on 200 million plus people, at least for the US, right? And so it's almost like, when I thought of that, it's like, huh, that's an industry that's very advanced in that in that you know area. So they're almost like using content to drive engagement and attention to generate data so they can do other things. So it's like content's purpose is to generate data, like a daily feed, daily stream of, of an intention, intent data. So, so I wanted to ask, like, where is what's the role of, of content in all this? Oh, that's a really good question. Well, I think those are they're slightly different because you know Disney is there to entertain, and that's that's a bit of a different mindset. Where whereas with with healthcare, I mean these are these are serious topics and, and serious things and, and real conditions that people have and, and real treatments that HCPs are learning about. So there's I think there's a little bit more intent there in terms of what they're what they're looking for. But the role of content is is huge is is essential and understanding you know what content is actually having the biggest impact is is i think one of the key things that you need to do and and again this comes back to connecting data right so for example if there's you know certain video content that hcps are 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 looking at and you can do the and you have the, the data connected and you can actually do the analysis that shows that 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 content is having a, a huge impact on prescribing and it's driving page or HCPs from say just being a you know aware of a product to actually trialing a product and maybe even moving into adopting a product. It doesn't necessarily matter how many HCPs at that time are using that content, right? Like learning that and learning the impact of it will enable you to go, oh, we need to use that more. We need you know we need to use that format more. We need to get more HCPs into that into that stream. This is having a really good effect on the actual behavior that we're trying to change. And so I think it's a slightly different thing than the Disney example, but I think it's it's you know th- that idea of connecting your content to your data and understanding what the impact of that content is 
is tremendous. And that's one of the key things that, again, I think CX needs to be built on because um, at the end of the day, you know, as much as I've been talking about, like, this is a human element, there's a human element to all of this, and, and we need to be, you know, empathetic and solve problems and, you know, solve issues for, for customers. At the end of the day, too, we're also in the business, like all of our pharma clients and pharma companies are in the business of, of selling products and making money. And so we need to align all of those things with the right audiences in order to deliver the products and, and, and get those uh, prescriptions and get those sales. And so that always has to be kept in mind. And so linking back the impact to the content is, is key. So content is huge. Understanding which content is driving behavior change is, is even bigger. Yeah, I know we haven't really started talking too much about this concept. We call it conversion hubs. You know, I shared it once with you and we'll probably have a separate podcast episode just on that. But really the concept was to use specific video content for that idea because unlike static content, video content has this advantage where you can even see a like certain second or point in the video when someone shows something and then clicks on something, right? To where it gets asked for a sample or talk to a rep or any kind of what you know, people call high-value action, so that, okay, you know, okay, there is a link between that part of the video, maybe there was a chart being shown in that. And then once you layer on some sort of a bingeable uh, experience where it's not only one video, you actually see related videos, so you go down that, someone from a big pharma company told me a couple of days ago, so I want my, my doctors to complain of going through a rabbit hole on our on my website so they found themselves for two hours watching the contents like that will be my amazing scenario i'm like well yeah i mean that, that's like a great thing to strive for but once you have it the, the more content is being consumed the more data on the actual intent is being generated so kind of start to link uh -huh, if someone watched this this and that they're educated enough about drugs efficacy safety something or some diagnostic biomarker so they're actually now ready to move to the next stage, ask more technical questions. And honestly, in, in, our, in our also marketing and in how we work at Evermed, we build multiple content pieces and some of them are, those are evergreen and some are like weekly. And then we, we look at the, everything like, and, it, and we learn over time. We looked at, we look at this data and we learn, aha, uh -huh, okay, if someone watched 20 minutes, I have, for example, 33 minute video that is very educational on, you know, using Netflix like content hubs. So we now know what's the average watching time. And when someone watched something that they would kind of ask a specific question. So we are constantly learning from our prospects and adjusting so that we can respect their time. Everyone is busy nowadays and deliver the right information when they need it, how they need it, and then continue the conversation if it makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, we don't continue the conversation, which is also another Exactly. Yeah, no, no, I think that's, that's awesome. And I think that's exactly what marketers need to do, right? So if they engage with all this content and, and nothing changes from a behavior standpoint, then you probably don't want to keep doing it, right? It's not having the impact you want. But I think I love the idea of really being specific around, you know, what at what point are they actually taking action? At what point do they feel like they learn enough to take that next step? I mean, those are those are great insights. And being able to leverage that into one thing we didn't talk about was just sort of ongoing optimization. And, and part of all of the data that we're collecting leads to the just tremendous optimization uh, opportunities where you can really start to fine tune. You can like if you're you know if you're if you're not seeing a channel or a, a tactic really have an impact, why keep doing it, right? You should you should probably kill that email or that you know that whatever that whatever it happens to be. But if you're seeing you know again if you're seeing things that that are having an impact and you can start to refine that and refine that more, um, you can start to really drive efficiencies. You can really start to have uh, to do a lot with a with with a little and then share that intelligence across 
other channels as well. So I think that's that's a, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like a, sometimes you use the term discipline marketing because really, really it comes down to I've seen a lot of the the the, the projects with farmer are treated as campaigns or like a program. So you kind of provide farmers an agency. You provide them an audience, list matching, a media drivers, a content, speakers, this and that. It is treated as like a six-month program and guaranteed engagement because farmer folks are busy. They want everything done for you kind of thing. But, you know, and that's great. You can get results fast. The disadvantage, because everything has pros and cons, right? The disadvantage is you don't get something that is really evergreen, piece of like content or campaign where you're like daily doing those A-B tests and optimizing and optimizing, optimizing, because there's nothing more powerful than like a compound effort that, you know, have to see like after 52 weeks, you look back, you're like, whoa, we optimize every little step in that user experience. That's what we try to do with our, with our marketing. And, you know, there are also pros and cons of that, but it, it tends to become really, really powerful with the data and with, with that optimization that you were mentioning. When it comes to... Uh, 2023. What are some of your big goals at Havas Health CX? I think we're we're really striving to you know help more and more pharma companies embrace CX and see the value of CX. And really, that's that's our goal. We think it it has you know just uh, it's it's really untapped at this point. So we're really keen to do that. That's wonderful. That's great to hear. And I think it's badly needed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have at the very end. Uh, it's been a great conversation. And so for the listeners to be able to get to know the guests of the podcast a little bit better on the human level. So I have five or six questions, rapid fire, I'd like to go through them. One is, what do you believe will be the industry buzzword of 2023? Right now it's omni-channel. I'd like it to be behavior change. Behavior change. All right, great. And what's the best book you've read in the past year or two? Oh my goodness. It's, a, uh, I'd have to look it up. It's a book by physicists about the nature of time. Nature of time. Carlos Rebelli. All right. And the name is the name of the book is the nature of time. What? I don't think it's. it's hold on a second, Carlos Rivelli. It is. Well, one is called the Order of Time, and the other is called Helgoland. All right. Making sense of the quantum reality or quantum revolution. That's the the nerd side of me coming out. <laughs> All right, that sounds like fun. I recently read something about quantum physics and spirituality. I'm like, whoa, okay, interesting Venn diagram. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what's your go-to song or music when you need some inspiration? Okay, when I need some inspiration, I will uh, I will turn to American Pie by Don McLean. All right. And who in the world of pharma would you most like to take for lunch? I would love to take Dr. James Madera to lunch. He's the CEO of the American Medical Association. And I think he's done, under his uh, leadership, that, that organization has, has done a complete 360 and is becoming as essential as, as I think it ever has been in terms of the, the lives of HCPs and, and patients in, in, uh, in, the, in the U.S. And so I would, I'd love to have lunch with him and, and get a better sense for his vision and his understanding of what, where, you know, where healthcare is going, what HCPs need, and what patients are looking for. Well, he's uh, listening to the podcast. We definitely, he'll know about this idea. So, and what's the one sentence advice you would give to anyone just starting out in pharma marketing on pharma or agency side? Uh, I would say it's a little bit like playing chess versus playing checkers when it comes to comparing pharma marketing with kind of consumer market, general consumer marketing. So it's it's a little bit more complicated, but it's super fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and it is so multi multidisciplinary. Like I've been in so many meetings where 
you like someone discussing medicine and then someone discussing patients and then physicians, and someone discussing marketing, someone discussing regulatory rules and compliance and the words you can say cannot say. Then someone is saying, well, but we have the pro- problem with temperature and to produce and practical kind of product that is sold there. And where can uh, people find you online? Uh, best place to find me online is on LinkedIn. Mark McCooch is, is uh, I don't know what my profile is. <laughs> LinkedIn slash Mark McCooch, I guess, is what my profile would be. All right. Uh, great. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you uh, and, uh, and and diving deep into the topic of uh, customer experience. And thank you for being a guest. Well, thank you, Bhatra. That was This was a great conversation and uh, I was thrilled to be here. Thanks so much. This podcast was brought to you by Evermed. Evermed offers pharma companies the fastest path to having their own Netflix-like on-demand video engagement hubs for doctors or patients. Make sure to search for Pharma Launch Secrets in Apple Podcasts or Spotify and click on the follow icon so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Evermed, thanks for listening.